hello everybody welcome to another episode of the thriving adoptees podcast today i'm delighted to be joined by kate kate murphy a, a, an adoptee and a, and a therapist as well i'm looking forward to our conversation kate yeah i am too thank you for inviting me yeah you're welcome this is this lights up my day these conversations and I was, you're saying just before we started recording you speak to adoptees every day so it, this is i mean this is we found our world haven't we really uh, well, I I found my own the way it sounded like you you kind of that's yeah. that's what yeah. we've done. We gotta we've gotta find that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so blessed. Um, being a therapist is a second career for me, and so when I became a therapist, I knew adoptees were part of people who were adopted were part of who I wanted to work with. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's grown and grown to where it's now a, a very regular, um, people who were adopted are a very um, regular part of my caseload or are prominent part of my caseload is probably a better way to say that. Um, yeah. And I just, yeah, there's a, there's a special connection. So, yeah. yeah. So how, um, uh, before we dive into the, to the topic that we thought of, just a, a thought about that. Um, it, this being a second uh, second career for you, how, do you think that that's do you think that's Im- important or, or to yeah you know, to what extent do you think that's important or um, yeah? Um, well, you know, actually, looking through the lens of adoption, I think it it's it's common. Um, not not all people who are adopted, but I but I think I see patterns of um, it's hard to claim what you want. Um, it's it's hard to say this is what I want to do. And if there's any kind of dissension around you to kind of uh, stick to that um, when you're trying to make others happy. Um, also, just I think getting a little later a later start. You know, it's not unusual. I hear people who I started college. I went to a bunch of different colleges. I ended up graduating later or I shifted midstream. Um, and so I, I think I can absolutely re- relate to that. You know, my I wanted to be a psychologist since I was like, I don't know. And I'm not a psychologist. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. But that's what I wanted to do since I was like eight years old. Um, and my family was not a family of of human service type folks. Um, and it's to this day, my mom will still be like, what do you do exactly? You know, do people really just talk to you about their problems? Yeah, that's so foreign to her. Like, why in the world would you want to sign up to do that? Um, and so for me, I, I think, you know, that that piece of my adoptedness, I think, is the second career piece in terms of how it informs my practice. Um, I do have experience out in the world. I have experience, you know, getting 700 emails and wondering how the heck you're going to get through that and still balance your family life. And, you know, work is just this encompassing, you know, uh, part of your life and identity and how to, how to find some balance there. I mean, I can really relate to that having been in a different world before I was a therapist. Yeah. So does that, does that answer? Yeah. That? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was coming to my mind was a kind of like a, a maturity like mm-hmm. an understanding of how other people work. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, um, uh, so the flip side of, of this, mm-hmm. and it's not an adoptee thing, is that a, a lot of politicians here in the UK, and I don't know whether it's the same in the States, they have become, they've, they've gone to prestigious universities. They've become, they've worked, maybe, they, maybe they've worked in a think tank, or maybe they, they've gone to straight to be like a... Um, an assistant to another politician, mm-hmm. uh, but they have spent their life in in politics and not understanding a broader context to that. They've you know they've 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 spent their life in education or in politics. They've never ever created something other than words. A lot of them are ex lawyers, so they the greater the greater creating words. Um, which are great for press releases and and and, and uh, spe- speeches, but creating something in the world requires something more than just words. Words are too 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 easy, um, and so that's what I was thinking about that uh, being um, a, a licensed uh, social worker that that you, you've got the broader 
view of people you've got you've dealt with people at different different ages different abilities different emotional intelligence different um iq different intelligence intelligence so it's kind of more it's, it's more round yeah mm-hmm. a, a better view of human other people's of human nature not just yeah yeah and you know it's not dissimilar by the way in the united states with our politicians um what you just described um but i think about when i was was in grad i was just starting to go to grad school so i was mid 40s and i remember talking to the department chair about you know i'm really nervous about this if i don't do well you know i've i've literally quit my job <laughs> this needs to work you know i was very anxious <laughs> um very i would be described as a type a human um recovering now um but anyways but he was like you know actually this is one of the few careers where a little age on the face is you know a benefit and starting this job later in life when you have exactly what you just said when you've got some maturity under your belt when you have some life experience under your belt it is actually you know a benefit and it will it will you know, we'll be fine. You will yeah. be fine. And that to me was just like the most settling thing that I always, you know, feel so grateful for that man. Yeah. And that landed for you because you could have mm-hmm. easily just, you could have, e- that that fact could have just mm-hmm. kind of passed you by, couldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was said at the right time in the right place. Yeah. 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 So by the right person too, actually. The right place. Yeah. And it's the space, is it? This it's the space. I mean, that's what you're trying to do, I, I guess, with your clients. You, you're mm-hmm. trying, trying to trying to create the relationship, mm-hmm. and the space, and the empathy to allow them to 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 open up. So, and it's different, interesting uh, sort of juxtaposition or paradox between that 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 side and like your mum's generation saying do people really yeah 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 and so you can imagine I grew up in a home where it wasn't that you couldn't be sad you know or angry but not for very long you know um and so for myself you know coming into the world and doing my own therapy so that I could tolerate my own feelings, you know, and I could actually talk about my own feelings. You know, I, I would have not been a very good therapist at all in my twenties because I was so buckled up and so well defended against, um, not presenting a positive image. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And helping people get to where that feels comfortable and slower is generally better, especially when you're dealing with trauma. And of course, adoption is trauma. Um, Yeah. And, and that can be hard. It can be hard as the client when slower is better because you just want to feel better. You know, you want to like, get me out of this pain already. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an interesting word that you say, tolerating our feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that, you know, that verb used mm-hmm. with that noun before. I've never heard. Yeah, how does it feel? Yeah, well, um, it it feels. Did you see what she did there, listeners? She flipped it straight back on the on on the on the on the questioner. Love it, love it, brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I I think about um, worrying about worrying. That, mm-hmm. that, that has been my thing my Mm -hmm. olympic probably my olympic sport really or my you know i don't know whether i would have got gold or i probably got into the final Mm -hmm. and we are as a society you grew up in california um a a guy i know who kind of a mentor guy he's he's in california now but he was originally in the from the east coast he he talks about this is a guy called Michael um, Michael Neil. He talks about emotophobia, 
Hmm. Notophobia. So we have become we have we have developed a phobia about our emotions and, and obviously it's going to be mm. the, the negative ones yeah, the, I like yeah, that. We, we're going to have we're going to have the phobia of and and i would say yeah for me worrying about worrying so there would be uh, and most of this was business right um, not adoptions to, worrying about the business and then uh, going on a course and they say something like, um, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, which is a Roosevelt quote, I think. And and, and then you think, oh, um, and, and, and then somebody, show, somebody shows you a clip from The Secret in the early 2000s, and you're thinking, okay, my worrying about business will make the business go south. So then you worry about worrying and then or me i i worry about worrying and then i've been on this course and i've spent some time and i've spent some money on this course and then i am worrying about worrying about worrying because i'm thinking how come uh, I, how come i'm still worrying because i've spent this money in time Mm-hmm. How come I'm still worrying, and and I shouldn't worry because the worrying is going to affect, is going to impact the 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 bottom line of 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 the business. You know, I, I'm going to start manifesting uh, mm-hmm. poor poor financial results in my business, and and then what this guy Michael Neal would say is then then we become morons. We have more on our minds. That's a good one. I like that. Do you remember that? Um, yeah. And I, I guess how that plays into what we were talking about before we hit the record button was this negativity bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of things um, that, that popped for me as you were talking. One, I want to say I can relate to that worry upon worry upon worry. Um, back when I was, it was again, probably early 20s, I had a, a boyfriend that made a little cartoon of me he was an artist of a warrior and it said the warrior, you know, because that was my, my pastime <laughs> worrying about work, worrying about whatever. So part of what we realize, well, one with the negativity bias. So <clears throat> from an aloof evolutionary standpoint, we want to look for what might harm us. Right. So back, back in prehistoric days, we needed to know is that stick, a stick or is it a snake and if it's a snake is it a poisonous snake and will i be harmed and will i be killed and is that the end of my line of you know hum- humanity um but our brains still kind of work that way right so when we see something that might cause us harm like spending too much money on a class or having negative thoughts therefore i'm not going to have any business you know we we kind of put it in the same realm of this is a poisonous snake who's going to kill us and that's why those things stand out so strongly Instead of things like, you know, you had a great customer uh, praise, you had a lovely moment with, you know, a partner or, you know, your dog and you sat on the couch. I love your pillows back there. And you had an amazing morning just snuggling with dogs. You know, those things, we might like them in the moment, but we're not going to fixate generally on them. We're going to fixate on, I spent too much money on this course or, um, my boss gave me some bad feedback and it might not even have been bad. It might've been like, I wish you were on time. Um, so we, we are pretty prone to noticing these things and there's a reason, but we can train our brains to, to maybe go a little easier on ourselves when we're in that space so that they can not take over to such a degree. Like, Oh gosh, yes. I get so worried when I spend too much money. You know, I, you know, I understand we're kind of showing ourselves compassion and then the other piece is, and this is the part that I think in therapy is so um, inspiring to me. It's like, let's get past this noise. You know, all the worry is noise. Um, some of it might be good. It might get us going, but it's it's noisy. And so what are we really, what's really going on there? You know, is it is it sadness? Is it some disappointment? Is it fear? You know, these emotions down here 
beneath the worry or where we want to get to so that we can spend some time. And why am I afraid? Why am I sad? Um, what desire isn't being met? You know, what part of my younger self is being activated? How can I show compassion? How can I learn to show compassion for my younger self? You know, this is all that work so that we can tolerate. Like I was saying, we can sit in sadness and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take us down. We don't become depressed for years because I think our fear is if I let, if I open up these channels of real emotion, I'm just going to be pulled under and I'm never going to get anything done. I'm, I'm going to be engulfed. Yeah. Does that kind of resonate? It does. And I funnily enough use that engulf, engulf word mm -hmm. quite a lot. Um, like we, so there's the, uh, the to tolerate, the toleration of feelings. And and then there's a, a fear of them engulfing us, mm -hmm. I, I, and and so we numb. And as you were talking, I I, I thought about uh, Pamela Karanova, a guest on the show who had a long, uh, yeah, I think she used the word relationship with alcohol, which is, I think I think that's one of the, um, but she 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 talks about the alcohol. Drinking as numbing, and numbing coming from fear of engulfment, or whatever the noun is that goes with engulfing, um, and then the freedom that came when she saw for herself that those feelings couldn't kill her. Essentially, they couldn't drown her. They couldn't drown her, they couldn't engulf her. And, and when we stop fighting the fighting the feelings or numbing to avoid the feelings, we see that they are essentially benign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that they actually bring depth to our life and it's you know easier said than done but it it does it does lead to a much more present life you know whether it's it's drinking or work or you know scrolling on your computer or playing games you know whatever whatever your choice of numb is um yeah yeah, uh, it's interesting you talk about the work one, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, work workaholics and workaholic women. I think when I see stuff, I'm quite I'm, I'm quite susceptible, right? So I, I take stuff on. I get taken in by stuff, so it, it's almost as if. I, I saw something in a there's a there's a, a new Facebook group by an adoptee um, and and it's it's about adoptees in the workplace you know and how, how does your yeah. how does your, how how does being adopted affect you mm -hmm. interesting kind of context to look at it um, I think that's where I saw it but then I I thought oh well maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm a workaholic. Like people say, oh Simon, you're doing so much. You you you're doing so much stuff, and you're putting out so many. You know, nobody else does a podcast every day. You know, like, um, and I really enjoyed the podcast. And and then, but suddenly, I see something that says worker, workaholism, and I'm and my my negativity bias takes something that I love doing, something that does not consume my life in a bad way. It consumes my life in a in a in a in a good way, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? Um but it takes something that I enjoy doing and and puts a little and, and I'm putting a little my internal negativity bias is putting a little stamp of negativity a, a workaholism on it. I I fall for it quite easily. It's a bit of a weird one. Yeah. But I know, I know, I mean I actually know the post you're talking about. I'm not on Facebook that that much in these groups. I actually commented on that post. That's so funny. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think for 
for what you're talking about. And and I guess my question is, would you have considered yourself in like a younger self, past life, you know, would you have been a workaholic with that? Or or does that not feel like you know, well, the way you lived your life? Yeah, it does feel that. It does feel like it that. Um, okay. It, it does, yeah. So here's here's where I'm going with this that I think is important. And I, I have to do it all the time too, because certainly that was my, you know, drug in quotes of choice. Um, yeah, work, 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 you know, you get praise, you get, you know, it's connection. It's um, yeah. <laughs> it was great for a while until it wasn't. It's not the drug of it, there's no choice going on there. But that's it's, the it's, thing, is that work we have to do. We need we generally need finances. It, it you know, it's kind of like if, if you have um, an eating disorder, you, you've got to still eat it, with with alcohol. And it's not easy to quit drinking at all, <laughs> but you could potentially live your life without drinking alcohol. Um, you can't live without food and you probably can't live without working. Um, and so what I do for myself now, and I think for you, so what you just said, you enjoy these conversations. It's not impacting your, I mean, you can ask yourself, is it impacting my relationships? Are people around me complaining? Am I losing sleep? Is it impacting me negatively? And if the answer there is no, well, great, carry on. And, and I have to do that too with myself sometimes. Like, am I scheduling too much? I'm feeling tired. Am I, am I potentially going in the direction that I can very easily, the groove I can very easily fall into? And if I am, I need to be aware and for me personally, the way I want to live my life, I need to re I need to course correct because I know that I can get a bit obsessed. Um, and I don't, I don't really want to leave lead like the second half of my life that way. I don't think it makes me a good therapist at all <laughs> if I'm tired and worn out. Um, and so does that. Yeah. Does it does, that, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So to, to just to draw attention to to the uh, suggestion mm -hmm. is well first off is it's not it's not a drug of choice it's not mm -hmm. it's it, it ain't it isn't a choice it's not a conscious choice yeah um, it's something coming back it maybe it's something coming from our um, conditioning and mm. that's another one where I can get kind of get I can be susceptible to that ah oh, right well you're mm -hmm. working so hard because you are adopted and you've got something to prove really no I, i'm i'm working hard because i don't yeah I, I i want the i want the the business to succeed and mm -hmm. and the big one for me with on this was I, because I think that's going to make me happy, hmm. right? That I'll be happy when. So I'll be happy when I've got. Uh, yeah. I, I'll be happy when I've found my second career. I'll uh -huh. be happy when I've got my mortgage paid off. I'll be happy when the business. We're all we're we're all playing a different. A, we're all putting a different X at the end of that. Yeah, and it's delayed. It's delayed um, gratification. Right, it's delayed gratification. And when we were talking before about you know we've you and me have found our mm. found our niches or stumbled into our niches i mean i didn't want to be a podcaster when i was eight you wanted to be a therapist in your own so there's some differences but I, I was chatting to my cousin's husband this morning and his son his younger his his, his younger son is like early 20s and he's um, he's an is a, a, a lighting technician in um, in the music industry. So he goes with the bands on tour and rigs the lights, right? And he says he he's found he was born to do that, right? And and he he's found that, and he's whatever he is twenty two, twenty three, something like that. He he's he's found that. So not all of us are destined to find these human services kind of mm -hmm. things that you're talking about it's all different but um yeah we, the, the the i think that that is the 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 biggest myth that we buy into in the west i'll be happy when 
XXX happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how I see that, how I see that shaping for adoptees is this, I'll be happy once I've been reunited or mm-hmm. I'll be happy once I've, and it don't work like that for the fundamental reason that happiness is an internal and inside. Yeah. yeah. And it's in those, you know, it's a, it, it, how, how, how do I be happy right now or whatever I am, but it, how do I be present in this moment? I might end up with something I want in the future, but I might not. And if my happiness is dependent upon this fixed thing, that I'm not setting myself up for success, right? In terms of living a life that feels comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think you you said something, I kind of got a little shiver when you said that, that I think is so hard is I do think there's a common um, drive. If I find out who I am, if I'm reunited with my original family, if I just know the details of what the hell happened, you know, with my relinquishment, then I will be happy. I will be cured, cured, I don't know the right word, but like some kind of a, I will be whole again, you know, or yeah. And it's such a drive. And, and of course, as you know, <sighs> reunion does a lot of things for us, finding out all or some, usually it's some of our original story. It's very healing and a piece of that can be very grounding, but <laughs> joyful happiness is not generally a part of it. Um, you know, it's so, it's so hard and it's it just uh, stirs up, gosh, so much loss and so much grief and confusing feelings. And and it, this the whole gamut, or the whole gamut, the whole range, the whole mm-hmm. range of the 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 whole the whole range of outcomes mm-hmm. and, and the, the 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 most massive thing for me in this is that um like we're we're putting our happiness on hold we don't mm-hmm. need to yeah. we don't need to do that and i i got a um an email from a yeah, I was somebody that I'd invited on the show, and she she was she was saying to me, fellow doctor, she was saying that she was asking me questions, and as it became it, it became apparent that she believed healing was impossible without reunion. Oh, and that doesn't that doesn't stack for me at all because people say to me well have you are you in reunion Simon you, you seem to be doing okay yeah most of the time yeah ups, I've ups and downs um but most of the time most of the time I'm doing fine uh but where you're in reunion no I found out that she died oh that must have been so terrible for you well, it wasn't actually. I, I, it, it was. There, there was a little bit of sadness there, but no, it wasn't the end of the world. Oh, well, I mean, and 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 they're like really stunned by that. And mm-hmm. I said, well, no, I'd had my big healing moments before that when I found the the reason for the, you know, the 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 reason for the adoption was was one part, um. The, all the work that I've done on myself over the fourth in the previous six years that had been a big part of it uh, before I'd even started searching and, and and when I got this when I got this file about with the the the, uh, the with the letter about the teddy bear which showed how much she she loved me when yeah when uh, be, be a long a long time before she died so it, it, it's it, it's all those bits we're, we're not saying that this adoptee was certain her view her worldview her perspective was you can't heal without reunion 
And then I guess other people might say, well, you can't heal without a uh, a good reunion. And 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 then we're in the lap of the gods, then aren't we? We've got, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. But what what do you what what what's you here? Well, I when I when you like? first said that, my I think my reaction was like, whoa, if if that's the only way we can be happy, we're sort of doomed. Um, and we're not doomed, I want to be really clear, um, yeah. at all. Um, yeah, but I could see, I mean, I I understand though, and I I don't know this person or her history or had she been in reunion, but at all, but I but I think that idea is certainly out there and it certainly is out there as as folks are deciding to search and you know like this is if this i think frequently is an expectation and that's where so much you know dysregulation happens when you even if it's a pretty good reunion the internal thing the internal feelings and disruption and um, shift of your own personal narrative that happens with reunion good bad or ugly is you know that's a it's it's hard it's challenging usually some people maybe not but i i you know you're, there's going to be some disruption in your life um so, so a lot of the people that have been on that's what the, comes up to mind for me i guess was like boy, that's a when you said that i was just like whoa boy <laughs> that's, yeah that's a hard belief is, but what what yeah. we're doing is we're we're we're, yeah. we're we're talking about the different perspectives and mm-hmm. we're Shining a light on people's, uh, you know, the, the, their expectations. One is the world is is the one that really. Right, and when that that expectation doesn't isn't met, and it's so different than what was ex- what what the thought and the the dream and the fantasy was, um, it it is. I mean, you're you're having to grieve that. You're having to deal with. Gosh, I don't even know how to be in relationship with with these new people I'm meeting. They don't want to be in relationship with me. And and that may be a new experience, and yeah, yeah. The uh, holding our expectations lightly, or or having no expectations whatsoever, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be. So I've had a, a few people on the on the show who are adoptees and non adoptees who help adoptees find birth mm-hmm. family, and mm-hmm. that's what they say. That that's what that now it's, it's kind of easiest it's easier said than done right it is i have that in a blog somewhere too about tips for union like trying as best as you can to have some low expectations and of course you know easier said than done but at least if that can be out there as like a hey this might be challenging try to manage the expectations you know at least as some direction um if if somebody is even seeking help before they get into reunion, I think so often I see people, they've, you know, gotten the DNA test, I found my family, I immediately, you know, sent contact information to everyone. And wow, now it's kind of a really challenging situation um, to, to do things in a really slow, methodical way. Some people do do that. And I do think there's a better, there's, there tends to be a better outcome, a little less emotional, um, you know, harm, but it's hard to do when after all these years, you haven't known anything. And now you have this, you know, landslide of details. It's awfully hard to say, I'm going to, you know, wait and be careful. And I think it's, it's hard. There was another adoptee um, who works with an adoptee as a therapist on the show a, a while ago, and she said there's a, she gave a really good reason why it might be tricky, uh, mm-hmm. and the fact that the, um, the 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 birth mother may not have done any work, right? So right. It, <laughs> it, it, you know, they might not have been the 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 shame may have locked them down so far. Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, I put a post out on Facebook uh, Friday, I think, saying um, any any new any adoptees interested in coming on the show, and one adoptee said, "Oh, uh, when I'm thriving." Right? I said, "Oh, right, okay." So that I thought interesting. That was interesting um, market. Well, audience information really. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't divide the world into thriving and non-thriving adoptees. I, I think it's a, a scale and uh, thriving is a scale and we go up and down that scale, each and each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the world likes to categorize into. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess even the title may be categorizing. Um, but uh, she, th- there was a few more answers underneath. Um, and she said, I, I would never come on. I would never come on the podcast because that would admit admit to that would mean everybody would know that I'm an adoptee. Oh. So there obviously some shame. Well, not obviously, I, I, I suspect some some shame running uh, running there. And yet she was typing that on a public. This wasn't in a in a closed group. This was underneath my thread. So. Hmm. Yeah, no logic is there. There's, there's, Confusing. There's, there is no logic. That's mm-hmm. an interesting one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you, and you mentioned something there was shame. And I think, yes, a huge part of what makes reunion challenging is there are there is so much shame all, all over the place, right? As adoptees, we certainly carry shame generally. Um, adopt birth first mothers, oof, usually they're, unless they have done just a lot of their own self-worth, you know, work, you know, however they've done that, um, however they've even allowed themselves to talk about their relinquishment, that yes, so much shame bound up there. And adoptive parents do too. And if everybody's operating in this space of of shame, it's really hard to build healthy relationships, right? That's not exactly a foundation for open communication and attunement. And um, yeah, so that- And hence low expectations. Yeah, because you don't know, you know, like in my case, when I found, I found my birth mother twice before we actually even spoke, um, once through a confidential intermediary and once through DNA. And, you know, she's- this was a secret she was told by her parents you keep this secret or else you know i don't know what the or else was but it you know if she was going to keep her baby she was going to be kicked out of the house that was part of the rules um and so she's kept it all this time you know and yeah my gosh so it's frightening to have this person show up and be like oh hey here i am and i'm i'm also contacting other people in your family and um yeah it's you know yeah, it's rough and it's in if if people don't want to go get their own help and look at their own stuff um yeah it's very challenging and i think that's not unusual i think that's really really common yeah and uh a a, a, a strange uh, proof came to my mind as we were talking about that right because that we've had um oh, i've just forgotten a name uh, Yvonne, we've had a, a birth. We've had a few birth mums on the show. Yeah, uh, D. Yvonne Rivers, who runs, she runs. A, That's what I thought about when you yeah. said that. Okay, she, she runs a, a, a birth mum podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I love that. But yeah. how many are that? Mm-hmm. How many are that? Right. So how many? How many adopted? So yeah, how many adoptive parent? How, how many podcasts are for adoptive parents? Loads. Mm-hmm. How many podcasts for adoptees? Probably, maybe not quite as many. But there's a sizable number. How many are for birth moms? I mean, that's an indication of the mm-hmm. that's an indication indication of the of the shame thing, for sure. Yeah, and I love what what she's doing. And then I think the other one, Twisted Sisters, right? Is that one? Um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but anyways, it, what they're doing is wonderful. And for the the birth moms, and there's not very many that I've worked with, um, hearing stories it it's it's almost more intense from like I can't believe it oh my gosh there's people that are having my own experience I hear that with adoptees when they first find the adoptee podcasts you know but it's almost more intense the birth moms that I've worked with when they hear their own stories out there or they go to cub you know the concerned united birth parents we have out here in the united states um yeah it's just like oh my gosh you know it's opening up light into this very dark closet and yeah yeah. So one of the we before we start well, before I hit the record button, mm-hmm. listeners, we were gonna we we had a product of we had a, a topic in mind of finding balance. 
but we we spent we've spoken <laughs> for like three quarters now without that. It, yeah. What um. Why did finding balance kind of resonate? Why, why did that seem something worth exploring? I think when, when we were initially talking, and, and I think about so much of the work I'm doing as a therapist, but just in my own life, you know, it's how do I manage grief and allowing myself to experience, you know, this fundamental loss this the the sadness and the upset and the anger that comes up when these relationships and reunion are not quite right at all <laughs> you know <laughs> sometimes um how do i how do i manage all of this work all this work of being adopted because it's it's a lot for us and balance that with the relationships that i do have in my life or anybody's life, my client's life, these that are rich and rewarding, how do I balance, you know, the joys that I have, the hobbies I have, the interests I have, and allowing myself to, to kind of oscillate, I guess, between, I can do the deep work, but I don't have to stay in that place 24 seven. Um, I, I can also go out to dinner with my friends and have a great conversation can also you know go for a run i can also you know there's our life our life is varied and being able to find i think that this balance between all the things that make up our identity is is you know is the work of life i guess does that it, it does and uh mm -hmm. what what came to me is as best you can mm -hmm. right right yeah. yeah and reminding yourself all the time i'm doing the best i can yeah <laughs> And, yeah. and you know, we we just released mm -hmm. a, a, an episode uh, today, or no, I haven't released it yet, but it'll be going like um, about grace and mm -hmm. uh, and grace. Is... Just thinking about when you said that. So the other piece of that I'm doing the best I can. It is allowing for the other people in your life are probably doing the best they can too, <laughs> and we can offer grace both outward and inward. Does that? Yes. Kind of, yeah. It, so it, it is. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's, it, it, it is, a, a, I think, like, mm -hmm. as best we can. Um, yeah. And the other thing about balance that struck me is so people need new things to pitch, mm -hmm. right? So somebody creates this concept called work life balance. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then they can talk to the CEOs of these big companies and say, you know, like, have you got work-life balance? No, I haven't. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, pay me and I'll I'll, I'll help you to it. It's it's kind of like I'll it's make you feel bad about the fact nobody has it. <laughs> Sorry? I'll make you feel bad about the fact nobody has it. Yes, yeah. I, I will stir up your pain. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I will stir up your pain. And, and mm -hmm. you know, like when you said seven hundred emails, I'm just thinking. Mm -hmm. that's but the the this negative and we're into this negativity bias thing again here, right? And 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 if we think of the uh, as you were talking about negativity bias, and um, I was thinking about newspapers. So, new I don't know if they're the same as uh, as in um, in the states as they are in Britain, but obviously now we haven't got COVID. The, the, the journalists can are very won't scare as much. They they won't scare as much with the COVID headline now because that's kind of old news. Mm -hmm. So they've created they've the, 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 we we've got this cost of living crisis. Have you got this thing? There's a cost of living crisis. Mm -hmm. Well, the pubs seem to be still quite busy to me. Now I'm still walking past people in in the um uh, in, in 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 the in the street with shopping bags. Still, people going, having Botox, having eyebrows threaded, smoking, drinking—you know, like we're all still, we're all still, we're all still functioning. You know, despite the fact, you know, we have had, we have had a lot of, a lot of things have gone up, uh, a lot of things going on. But the, the the negativity bias, it, 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 it it's you're talking, you you're talking about that 
um, evolutionary thing, evolutionary brain. Is it mammalian? I can't remember. Is it reptile? It's the back one, it, and it, it's it's there to alert us to to to, to danger. And so what the newspapers are trying to do, because they've got to sell the newspapers. So they have to put a scary, a scary headline on to get our attention, to bring us in, to um think I, I need to I need to understand this threat and then I can mm-hmm. manage my life or manage the threat. That that's essentially what the newspaper's doing. And I was thinking it's exactly the same with some of the titles of literature in the adoptee space. You know, like the body keeps the score. That scares the bejesus out of me. The mm. primal wound that scares the bejesus out of me too. It's it, it, that people have picked intense in uh, they have or, or authors publishers have picked intentionally scary titles to try and shock us out of our comfort, alert us to a, a, a alert us to a danger. Uh, and then, oh right, I didn't know the body kept the score. Oh, well I, I better I better write that, you know, like, well, oh yeah, that feels right to me. I better buy that book and find out what it's more about, you know? It's- mm-hmm. We can get that shot of adrenaline, right? And it gets us. And I think, you know, it, this applies to all people. You know, we just came out of three years of adrenaline spiking headlines that that actually we did need to pay some degree of attention to, right? And this, you know, the impact on our on all of our bodies at this point, depending and especially, you know, depending on what you did for a living during that time, how you were impacted. Um, yeah, I think we're all we all don't know what we're just holding on to at this point. Um, and and to be able to offer <laughs> offer ourselves a good amount of grace when we're having big reactions to small things. It's like, oh, self, it's okay. No, we're, we're safe, you know. Like, um, yeah. But and there was something else I wanted to say on that, but I, I know yeah. I lost. Oh, oh, what I was thinking about was for me. A lot of times I'll see these and I'm like, okay, that's this. This is too much. This cannot be. What is what is the truth? And with adoptee stuff, I. I, I think it's important, right? But then I kind of go to where I can get to scholarly ar- articles where they're really boring and they're like, here's the method, here's the discussion. And it's like, okay, can I get some calm information? And I can, you know, what I need to know what's happening beneath all the yelling. And to be honest, that's kind of what I do in therapy too. <laughs> I want to know what's happening beneath all the noise so we can get to what's real, um, and I think that's where you can get back to feeling a degree of humanity and balance. I, I really do. Even if, even if you're looking at really hard things. Yeah. yeah. But they're not the spiky adrenaline things, you know, those are, those are just noise. And sometimes we, you know, <laughs> I'll go down the rabbit hole sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I'm thinking of two different, I'm thinking of the headlines and two, two different sorts of headlines and my two different responses to it actually so um around the uh, you know the credit crunch mm-hmm. uh, whatever it was 2007 2008 around yeah. that um i i was running the business and and oh. people were people were telling me not to look at the headline no. um and and then i think about um uh, i think about um when the pandemic came along yeah, you were right. We, you know, we wanted to, we wanted, I wanted to know what was going on. I was listening, you know, I was, we were tuning in to listen to uh, mm-hmm. our beloved Boris and he was hopeless and he was hopeless. Um, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He struggled a little bit. Kate is just, You're back. Yeah, just frozen. Sorry. Yeah, I, I lost you for a minute there. Sorry. All right, I was, am I back? Yeah, you're back now. Yeah. yeah, I'm back. It probably, I think my internet protected me from saying something negative about oh, yeah. our political leader. Oh right. <laughs> so, um, oh, I want to, I want to come up with uh, during the pandemic. By the way, during I mean, the pandemic, yeah. <laughs> um, I came up with this idea. Uh, last week, and you're the first person that I've had a chance to, to talk about it. Um, 
So I'll give it a go. So the idea is it, it's this, um, uh, it's, a, it's, it's called a spiritual stab vest. Yes. Spiritual mm. stab vest, right? So it's, it's going to this point where the, the fact that we're not our, we're, we're not our feelings, we're not our, we're not our wounds. We have this, we, I have, I have, I have felt wounded, but all along I had, I've had this spiritual stab vest on, which has uh, safeguarded the essence of me from my feelings. Does that make any sense? Oh, yes. And I don't know if I would say feelings, but maybe, yeah. Well, You're talking okay. about, are you talking about like essential self? Yeah. Sort of? yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, and the idea came to, I brought it up because you t- you're talking about the, you, about going deeper, right? So on the top, you, you're talking about the, at the, the top, the, the, um, um, the, the, the thoughts bit uh, mm-hmm. and the, the noise. Yeah. I think that, mm-hmm. that was, so past the noise. So past the noise, we're going to the uh, we're going to, to the feelings beneath the noise, and then I, I'm I'm looking at our uh, our essential self mm-hmm. beyond the feelings, beyond the trauma. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of times. Tell me if this resonates for you. This idea of um, when things are feeling like there's different parts of you that might be pulling you like younger parts, angry parts, whatever. And you can kind of settle, like, I don't know if it's a deep breath for you or whatever it is. It's like, how do I get back into this kind of self energy? Does that kind of resonate? Like my, I think of it as like my essential self, my calm adult self or, but, but I think of it as self energy and this kind of like, okay, okay. I'm back. Like, um, I don't like either. Can I tell you sure. this idea? I think Paul Sunderland said it, but I, I think I may have heard you allude to it. This idea of we didn't have a personality before trauma, like only trauma like that, that no, I don't, I don't like that one bit. Um, you know, we were born and we were held in utero, just like everyone else. We did have a pretty, you know, harsh beginning, um, that has impact and it is trauma. And I, I don't want to um, minimize that whatsoever, but, but I think we had, you know, we have, we had a self before trauma and we had, um, you know, we're, we're not, we had personalities, we had temperament before trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, whenever I get near this, mm-hmm. I get to that, I go to that quote by the guy who yeah. says we're, we're not human beings having, a spiritual experience with spiritual beings having a human experience. Spiritual oh, like beings, right? So I the know. spirit, you know, so for me, the trauma is mm-hmm. in, is in human experience. Mm-hmm. But we're the spiritual being. Yes. So I'm separating who I am from the trauma I've been through. I'm separating who I am from the feelings. Uh and that's where this idea of a spiritual stab vest came in, right? So it's, I have, like, somebody, I've got, a, like, this is, I put a, yeah, is this triggering? I don't know. Sorry, listeners. If, I'm going to, if, 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 it's like a, the gunshot, it's, it's like a, a vest, right? So if somebody gets shot with, and there's a vest on, they've got a gun vest on, then they, they feel the pain. Yeah. They, they feel the pain mm-hmm. when the bullet hits their Kevlar. But then mm-hmm. they take and, and, and they take the Kevlar Kevlar off and there's there's mm-hmm. ultimately they're safe. Yeah. Ultimately they're safe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that that's the that's the awareness piece that sorry, that's the awareness piece, the consciousness that's that's identifying as identifying as the spiritual being mm-hmm. rather than the human experience it's 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 way more profound than personality you know like so people 
people go that people have one personality at school then they go to they go to college and they reinvent themselves right mm-hmm. like they, they reinvent themselves um so they reinvent their personality mm-hmm. and and we're talking about stuff here that's more profound than mm-hmm. deeper than trauma deeper than personality deeper than feeling deeper than thoughts mm-hmm. yeah essential yeah. self and if that's too weird and too complicated you offered a far simpler path um i have that that essential self feeling i sometimes mm-hmm. have that feeling when i get into bed and then the 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 ta- the tasks of the day mm-hmm. are behind me and it mm-hmm. just goes into a quiet space yeah and then sometimes in the morning or rock in the morning you wake up and the brain starts yeah going into overdrive and it goes starts coming into this negativity bias and mm-hmm. and, it, and it's a it, it's awake and it's taking yeah it, it, it the, the 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 peace the the, the peace is has been replaced by the noise but where where the piece is the piece is still there underneath the yeah room. yeah and the key it seems like there and it says easy does hard but how to kind of get your you're talking about a vest right spiritual you know getting that back on so you can kind of center right back into that and let the worry be kind of like you know it's here but it's not getting it's not hurting you is that yeah. would that be the that might be the work, yeah. Hmm. Anyways, I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about balance, when when you came up with the idea of uh, finding balance, the one that came, the metaphor that came to me was the tightrope walker. Mm-hmm. And the tightrope walker, you know, hanging. They've got the the bar, the horizontal mm-hmm. bar that they're holding out in front of them. Yeah. They are never actually in balance. Mm-hmm. They're always. It, it, it's always adjusting or, or just a little bit and it's very rare well mm-hmm. you see them do this at the last the last two foot sometimes mm-hmm. they go straight and they just jump onto the platform at the end yeah. but otherwise they're they're taking yeah. the time and, and mm-hmm. they're never they're never in balance it, it there is no such thing as balance balance is a a concept mm-hmm not yeah well. and and that brings up a really good point that I, I was thinking about earlier is it's very rare that things are going to be perfectly balanced right like i'm going to do work this amount of time relationship this amount of time my you know whatever that's just not right sometimes i'm going to be doing more work because that's what's demanded of me it's what's necessary not because i'm you know out of balance because it's just necessary sometimes my family, you know, maybe somebody's very sick or they died and my family is going to take more time because that's what's needed. But as long as that balancing, which is probably a better word, um, is, intentional, oh, yeah. you know, and we're intentionally thinking about, okay, what am I doing? What deserves my time and attention? What do I want <laughs> to, to get my time and attention? What a concept. Um, you know, as long as we can be thinking about that as much as possible so that we're balancing things in a way that is um, appropriate for our desires, for the people we're committed to and that we're responsible to, um, you know, that, yeah. that I think is the yeah. I love the distinction you draw between balance and balancing because balance, mm-hmm. balance is a concept. Yeah. Balancing is an action. And that, like that's that what the tightrope worker is doing. Yeah, about they it. are balancing. They mm-hmm. never achieve balance. They are yeah. balancing. What are we doing in life? We are balancing, balancing. and we're balancing mm-hmm. as best we can. Mm-hmm. And we are giving ourselves grace. Yeah. When, when we're out of balance, when when the the kilter is, is off for something. Yeah. 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 I think that's just right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so is there anything else that you'd like to share that we've not touched on, Kate? 
So I think we ended up someplace really good. Um, yeah, yeah, that seems like enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you like to call the episode? Well, I like balancing as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. Or something in that in that realm, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. Um, there's an honesty to that, isn't there? Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no, uh, what's it, hyperbole. There's no. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, listeners. We'll um, speak to you very soon. And obviously, sorry, I forgot to mention, like, if you um, always, every episode I put out, there's links in the show notes to the to the guests uh, socials and the, and the website if they've got one so if you're interested in finding more about what uh, Kate does then check her out in the show notes thanks okay. thanks thanks for listening goodbye